where should people be looking if they want to come in and buy what sectors? I think probably for the time being, you still want to stay with uh, domestic. Um, we're certainly this month we're having a, a big bump in uh, in crud stocks of um, you know uh, airlines and shippers and so on. But I'd stay with um, domestic sectors, particularly uh, uh, retail and. Uh, I think retail is probably one of the safer areas at the moment. Nick, thanks very much. Always a pleasure. That's Nick Smith, Japan strategist at CLSA in Tokyo. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. And in Tokyo right now, the Nikkei 225 is up about 0.9%. The Cosby in South Korea is up about the same amount. The ASX 200 in Australia is risen about a third of a percent. And looks like the Hang Seng's can also be rising at the open, adding about 100 points. Brent crude oil is trading at $45.13 a barrel. And gold is slipping from all-time highs this morning. It's at $2,022 an ounce. And the US dollar touch firm at 106.1 against the Japanese yen. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Do please stay tuned for Back Chat with Hugh Chiverton and Ada Wong after the news. It's going to be mainly fine and very hot, apart from isolated showers, one or two thunderstorms at first. Maximum temperature is going to be around 33 degrees. There is a very hot weather warning in force. Occasional showers and thunderstorms tomorrow and Thursday, and then fewer showers in the following few days. 30 degrees right now, 78% relative humidity. 8.31 and a half with the news update. Here's Ben Che. The National People's Congress Standing Committee is expected to endorse a resolution later today allowing four lawmakers who were banned from running in Legislative Council elections to stay on for a provisional term with other incumbents. The South China Morning Post quoted unnamed sources who said the central government's lenient approach was based on views from the city's leader and moderates from the pro-establishment camp. The White House has been placed on lockdown after U.S. Secret Service agents shot an armed suspect outside the building. President Trump told reporters that the suspect has been now taken to hospital. Minutes after he was abruptly escorted from a live news conference by security officers, Mr. Trump returned and spoke to reporters. There was a shooting outside of the White House and seems to be very well under control. I'd like to thank the Secret Service for doing their... Always quick and very effective work, but there was an actual shooting. U.S. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin says companies from China and other countries that do not comply with accounting standards will be delisted from U.S. stock exchanges as of the end of 2021. Mr. Mnuchin recommended the move to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission last week. Police say that the national security arrest they made shortly before raiding the offices of Apple Daily followed an investigation into a group demanding sanctions against Hong Kong. They made the comments at a police briefing last night, not long after the democracy activist Agnes Chow was also understood to have been arrested. Caroline Wright reports. The force says a total of 10 people were arrested for collusion with a foreign country and for conspiracy to defraud. All remain in detention. They include Apple Daily founder and Beijing critic Jimmy Lai, who was picked up yesterday morning, and last night a social media post on the Facebook page of Demosisto's Agnes Chow said she had also been arrested.
Senior Superintendent Lee Kwai Wah of the police's new National Security Department said officers had been investigating a group that had demanded overseas sanctions on Hong Kong, claiming that two men and one woman were responsible for running the organisation. Mr Lee also alleged three others, all senior media figures, funded this organisation through overseas bank accounts. The news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Bank Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today is Ada Wong. Ada, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Today, Apple Daily and the sanctions on Hong Kong officials. Police said yesterday that the national security arrest they made shortly before raiding the offices of Apple Daily followed an investigation into a group which they said had been demanding sanctions against Hong Kong. They said a total of nine men and one woman had been arrested throughout the day. Four on suspicion of colluding with foreign forces, four on suspicion of conspiracy to defraud, and two on suspicion of both offences. And yesterday, Beijing imposed sanctions on 11 Americans, including six US lawmakers, for, quote, behaving badly on Hong Kong-related issues. What are your thoughts on yesterday's unprecedented events? Uh, after nine, we're going to be joined by the uh, convener of the Executive Council, Bernard Chan, to talk about the arrest. If you want to talk to him, call us on 233-88266. 233-88266 is the number. And, of course, you can leave a message on our Facebook page as well. That's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3 and our email address, Backchat at RTHK. Dot, uh, HK. Uh, a couple of emails just before we get into our uh, first guest, perhaps, uh, this morning. Uh, Jan says, what a sad year for Hong Kong. If you don't like what the opposition may say, bar him or her from standing. If you fear you will lose your majority, cancel the election. If someone reports the injustice, you arrest staff from the newspaper. Don't you just love the communist gangsters? What's next? That comes uh, from Yan. And Andrew Kay says, on the subject of Jimmy Lai, did he really think he was above the law? Funny how many of these activists think that, and the wine when they are pulled up. Hopefully Benny Tai uh, is next. That comes from, uh, as I say, Andrew Kay. Joining us for our first topic now, we have uh, Emily Lau, former Democratic Party lawmaker and uh, also a, a journalist, a former journalist, and Chris Young, who's chair of the Hong Kong Journalists Association. Good morning to you both. Um, uh, Emily Lau, um, what were your feelings as you were watching that, uh, perhaps watching that live stream, that extraordinary live stream of the raid on, on Apple Daily yesterday? What are the thoughts in that were going through your head? I was really very, very shocked and devastated and uh, did not expect to see that happening in Hong Kong. And as Chris Young said in the media yesterday, uh, Hong Kong is now like a third world or maybe even fourth world country where the police would go in and raid a big, big news organization like that. And of course, it's not just the Journalists Association but uh, the Foreign Correspondents Club and others, they have all issued statements condemning the act, which, of course, must have had a chilling effect on the entire profession. And you, you RTHK people, you were not allowed to go into Apple Daily to report yesterday. And also many foreign journalists were not allowed in. And then I think there was some interview with the commissioner of police uh, who said that uh, they would only allow people that they trust or something to that effect. I mean, really, what the hell is going on? I think uh, I, I think the police spokesman is going to appear on one of your station channels to talk about it. You should get him to come on. What's happening to Hong Kong? Is press freedom, freedom of expression, really dead now? Are we going to see criminals?
criminalizing free speech and people, journalists, academics, professionals, politicians, all kinds of people are going to be intimidated into silence. Uh, Emily, uh, about you know selecting um, representatives from well-known and uh, sort of um, nice media outlets and um, <laughs> trusted, uh, trusted, <laughs> and um, you know, and not allowing journalists from the Stan News and as well as foreign wise services. Is this the first time? Um, I, it I, seems I, that they have a, an orange line, and some you know, some reporters have to stand outside the, the orange line. I, I, Ava, I, I think Chris is better, better positioned to answer your question. But, but don't you think you are not a former journalist, Ada, but you, you are in the political scene, the civil scene for so long. I mean, have you seen anything like this? What do you think? Do you think this is outrageous? What would friends our, you know, from all over the world, what would they have to say when they see such, such scenes? journalists being pushed away, pushed away so far back, you cannot see anything. So how can you pretend to report? The, the thing is, we all watched uh, with a heavy heart, but we're not sure, you know, what we can do, right? Well, I think we, well, we can speak up. But of course, next thing you know, you may be arrested too. A number of people have warned me yesterday to shut up. They say, Emily, you're next, you're next. <laughs> uh, but I say, what? Am I going to be intimidated into silence? If they're going to arrest me and arrest many more people, well, so be it. There are some who would be, who would want to shut up. And don't, because they are frightened, we have to respect them. But I certainly hope that Hong Kong people would continue our struggle for democracy, for freedom, for human rights, under the joint declaration and the basic law, and we do it in a dignified and non-violent way. Chris Young, good morning to you, uh, and thanks for joining us. We've heard sort of suggestions from the, from the police that, uh, that they're interested in a group of individuals, uh, not in the newspaper as a whole, but they had to do this investigation at his office, which, which is in the, the newspaper. Uh, do you understand that approach? ridiculous. 
government would uh, would adopt such a criteria or principle in uh, their media policy in their media policies. And um, um, you you can imagine if police has a, such a policy. So how about the health department? They held a daily press conference and they say, well, we we, we will also get those who um, who behave well to cover our press conferences. And then the C office has another list of the um, the good guys or bad guys or, or or naughty boys or girls are on the list. It's just it's just chaotic and there's no system. And and I I just can't believe that uh, that's uh, that's that's a new thing um, that uh, that the commissioner said uh, they they, have, they are trying to test out. And, and I think the result is quite clear. I think they they should stop it. It's, And Chris, um, what, what about you know all all those police officers um, that were seen walking around the newsroom, flipping through the files of reporters, and looking at documents on on some of their desks? Um, um, what you know? What were you feeling when you watched this? Well, um, the, uh, the reason I went down to, to the building uh, yesterday morning is that when I when I saw those footage. That um, say um, the mirror say um, uniform uh, or in bus say um, police officers say uh, walking around the newsroom as we, as if they were doing shopping in the supermarket say uh, um, touching on say uh, things as they so wish uh, without well it, it seems that they don't have any purpose. Perhaps they just curious, or they were doing their professional search on the on things on the desk of uh, reporters. I think this is just un un unacceptable, and this is so novel to me. I think I and Emily were uh, uh, in journalism for decades. For for decades, I haven't seen such a uh, outrageous say raid in the news in the newsroom, and just so bad for. Uh, the media and and Hong Kong and uh, and Hong Kong as a whole. Uh, I got so many phone calls from international media yes yesterday, um, America, Europe, um, uh, the region, and I, I, I think a lot of international media were also shocked. This is a comment on our Facebook page. This is from Tom, who says the Apple Daily is the Murdoch Press of Hong Kong, <clears throat> and they've gone one step further by posting hate speech and fake news allegations that are simply not true. Allegations that the Three Gorges Dam was going to collapse is perhaps sensational, but that mainland doctors coming to assist with COVID are going to steal our DNA, and publishing ads that mainland people are locusts and so on is simply too much. It's a complicated issue. Where does one draw the line to prevent hate speech and fake allegations against groups of people in the media, a puzzle the Western media is also dealing with? Well, I picked up a copy of the Apple Daily this morning, and their newspapers continue to be published. In the opposition crackdown in Turkey, 150 media outlets were completely shut down, hundreds of journalists jailed and tens of thousands of political opponents imprisoned. Yet they remain a US ally and receive a billion dollars in arms a year. Why the double standard, asks Tom. Chris Young? Well, uh, first, I think uh, Hong Kong is such an um, open society. So you, you have Apple Daily, you have Wenhui Bao, Da Gong Bao and um, dozens of newspapers and, say, many broadcasts. Broadcaster. I think people just have a choice, and um, I, well, I, I'm, I'm, well, I think a lot of media have also had say um, stories that are being questioned, 
and um, I think for uh, readers, um, they just don't they just don't buy it if they don't believe the news uh, what the newspaper have, have have said. And there are laws, there are laws that are not just the national national security law, but other laws that um, that monitor. I think that that punish say or or, or uh, say prosecute media if they say breach say laws like libel or or uh, say even even the spreading of, of rumors uh, in, the, in, in, in the existing laws. Um, I I think I think a lot I think a lot of well even some of my friends are uh, in the journalism circle they may not like Apple Daily the, the style the style not so much a tabloid style actually um, Chinese newspapers now are, are, are quite more or less their their pros their 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 coverage. And um, but but um, the 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 I think the the, the kind of approach in say um, say being critical and um, being outspoken um, I think is, um, is is something shared by many journalists and um, in in fact uh, Hong Kong people um, now that we are we are facing more say pressure and um, restrictions uh, on our on our liberties. Okay, um, uh, Emily Lau is, um, is an email from Sam who says, Dear Backchat, yes, Emily, what the hell is going on? You reap what you sow. You too are responsible for the current situation, Emily. Don't blame anyone yourselves, the pandems, who have all misled the Hong Kong youth. Emily Lau? I am responsible for this. <laughs> well, in, in a way, I think we all are. But the person, of course, most responsible is Carrie Lam. I was uh, in, uh, taking part in an online seminar one or two weeks ago, and Professor Albert Chan of the law faculty of Hong Kong U said something to that effect because she uh, proposed this extradition bill, which sparked off so many protests. And then, of course, Hong Kong never looked back. So who's responsible? And when the thing erupted last year, Carrie Lam and her pro-communists supporters could have stopped it by having an independent inquiry to quiet things down, to talk to all sides. That's how we solve problems in the civilized world. So to accuse me, who is completely out of office and hold no position anywhere of any importance, uh, um, I thank you for inviting me to come on. But come on, look at the people in power. What have they done to help to solve the problems? But you know, they are making things worse. They are making Hong Kong uh, huge headlines all over the world, almost on a daily basis. But, of course, in a very negative way. Um, uh, Emily, yes, but uh, it, that seems so long ago. What, what could have been done better, uh, apart from uh, start, you know, setting up a, a committee of inquiry? What could Carrie Lam have done? Well, to engage the public. That's what she herself said, and she started doing it, but only she, she only did it once at the Queen Elizabeth Stadium in, in, in Mount Wan Chai, and that was it. And the people who were so camp, so, so the people who were selected, uh, and they asked questions, and they were all very intelligent people, asking questions which many Hong Kong people had on their minds. And so that's the way you start engaging the people, the public, the political people, the academics, the religious people, artists, everybody, to try to 
find a way out. Okay, another, another thing that another thing that the chief executive said at that time in that in that private speech was that once it, it becomes elevated to a national uh, level, once Beijing becomes involved, the space for uh, action by the Hong Kong authorities and the chief executive is very, very, very small. Basically, the chief executive's hands are tied. The Hong Kong government's hands are tied. It's not. It's out of their control now. That's the reality, isn't it? And I don't know how we step back because we're right in the middle, surely, of a, well, this fight between between America and uh, between Washington and, and, and Beijing. Well, I, I don't know why first she allowed the thing to escalate to that level. And why? Even though maybe Beijing was stepping in, but she could use her, you know, position to tell Beijing, hey, now, don't do that, do this, I will go out and try to sort things out. But I don't think she did that, and she disappeared. You remember, in June or July, she Mm -hmm. disappeared for almost a month. Hong Kong was rudderless, no leader for a month. I mean, what the hell's going on? And all those people surrounding her, in Exco, in Lechco, the MPC people, where were they? Were they help? Why didn't they help Hong Kong to solve the problem then? Okay, what about now? What and what about the future? How do we get out of this? Well, it's still the thing to engage. I don't think there is any magic formula. We're not going to go to war. I don't support revolution. I don't think people should buy arms to overthrow Kerry Lam or overthrow the CCP. I just want Beijing to uh, for, to keep the promise that was in the Sino-British Joint Declaration and the Basic Law, that we have one country, two systems, high degree of autonomy, our free lifestyle, our personal safety, the rule of law, independence of the judiciary. They will all be kept, and we can promote democracy. That's what most Hong Kong people want. That's not against the national security law. That's not against all the victims that Beijing have, you know, foisted on us. Is that right? But with people like Jimmy Lai uh, encouraging America to to step in, uh, there's bound to be trouble. That's what they're doing. They are stoking, uh, they're causing confusion and causing trouble uh, in the same way that Beijing accuses you of causing trouble. Well, first of all, I hope they will not criminalise free speech, that people can still, you know, speak their mind, speak their conscience. When they tried to do it in 2003, that sparked this huge protest and got the Liberal Party to say, oh, no, no way, stop it. And stop free and free speech includes the right to, to uh, ask um, a country's enemies to, to punish that con- your country. Well, I think now that thing may, may be end up in court one day to see whether that is permissible under the national security law. But as far as I myself and many other people are concerned, publicly they've said that free speech should include that because it does not contain any action. You're not going to get money or get things to do things. You're just saying what you believe in. But now, as you just said, you are having second thoughts about what free, what the limits of free speech are, and so do many people. So what is the next step? It's self-censorship. Whether it is allowed or not, you say, better, better not do it. I don't want to risk it. So our space for freedom will be getting smaller and smaller, and, 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 and we will be like someone, someone, someone said you quoted earlier, like Turkey, the journalists would be arrested. The news organization 
organizations would be closed down. The civil activists would be suppressed. Do we want to see that happening in a very wide scale in Hong Kong? Martin, in an email, says the Hong Kong police arrested the British subject, Jimmy Lai, for colluding with foreign governments. One wonders what gave them the idea. Could it be that Jimmy Lai collaborated with the US, UK and other governments to fund and support deadly riots that terrorised Hong Kong for a year while his tabloid media empire spread hatred and led the neo-colonial Hong Kong secessionist anti-government movement that attracted experts in regime chain operations and fascists from around the globe. That comes from uh, Martin. Uh, Chris Young, do you want to respond to that? Well, um, um, well, even back in the um, um, uh, 2014, um, the uh, Occupy Central, there, um, there, were, there were claims and accusations that the, the movement was uh, funded, say, by foreign forces. Uh, but, but six years on, um, uh, I think even the, the then chief executive had said similar things at that time. But, but six years on, so we, we, we haven't seen any concrete uh, evidence to show that um, the, the movement at that time was uh, funded by foreign organizations. And, and similarly, this time, um, the uh, anti-extradition bill protesters, um, I'm also say, hoping that um, for those who said, uh, say, Jimmy Lai or any other, say, um, organizations who organize the... Um, the um, the New USA protesters were funded by foreign forces. Who they are, how they, how they fund the, um, the, the, um, the, 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 the protesters. And um, I think, um, I think everyone, in, in fact, uh, uh, were watching, say, um, how the, how the events, um, say, un, unfolded. And uh, we have an idea, I say, uh, how say the protesters. Um, and uh, well, well, uh, erupted, and then say uh, escalated, and then say gone out of control to become a social um, movement. Um, back to the point earlier, um, we discussed the role of uh, um, our chief executive. Uh, of course, uh, she has to be accountable to both government. Um, but I think she, I, I think we all agree that her primary say responsibility is really. Um, Say um, running running Hong Kong and make sure the best uh, the, the interest of Hong Kong the best interest of Hong Kong um, well is being the is being the, the defended and um, if she fails say to to run Hong Kong and uh, almost now say um, losing control here and then resulting what we what we see is uh, Beijing interference and. Um, I don't think she said that uh, that's not her responsibility. Um, um, if she had, say, uh, been, say, yeah, done, done, done a good job, I think uh, we, we can, this, the government it, it itself can manage the protests, uh, can resolve the, con- uh, well, can, can cool down the, 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 the atmosphere. And, um, yes, I think perhaps uh, Beijing would just like um, uh, the, the, the government itself can handle the, the matters on its own. Oh, uh, now, okay. of course, uh, it's history. All right, here's an email from uh, Juan, I shall have to edit. Um, <clears throat> Juan says, I was not impressed that RTHK didn't bother to correct Keith Richburg from Hong Kong U 
uh, who asserted today in a news interview that he had never heard of a news outlet being raided. And that's an inverted comment. He didn't actually say that one. Anyway, um, uh, this means Mr. Richburg, and the, he said it was the stuff of authoritarian dictatorships. That means Mr. Richburg has put Australia, Britain, France and Malaysia in the League of Authoritarian Dictatorships. Last June, the Australian police raided ABC and the home of a newspaper journalist. Earlier in uh, August 2013, the British government raided the offices of The Guardian to destroy hard drives with data related to Edward Snowden. Last February, French prosecutors tried to search the offices of news site Mediapart. Just six days ago, Malaysian police raided Al Jazeera's office and seized computers. Uh, those uh, cases come from, from uh, one. That's true, isn't it? Uh, uh, Chris Young, it, it does happen. It's happened all, all around the world. Similar kind of uh, raids on, on media and um, well, um, the, 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 the essence is that um, uh, do, we, do we agree with those approach? And um, uh, as I said um, earlier, I think the point, I, the point I would like to make is that um, um, any government say, um, that say, upholds uh, press freedom uh, in the independence of press or for, as a uh, power um, should respect, say, um, press, press freedom. And should be um, more restrained in their in the in the in their operation. Uh, I don't know what's in exactly in the court order. Say uh, yes yesterday, um, but the certain uh, them the, 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 the police officers in charge of the operation uh, said publicly that their officers uh, would would careful not to say uh, touch on news material. Um, but the pro, but the footage shows. Um, well, apparently, um, yeah, otherwise, hmm. and um, they, they they were just say uh, looking over and and checking uh, materials on the desk. Okay. Uh, well, quite casually, I, I don't think that uh, that's in line with their policies. Okay. Well, Christian, thanks for joining us, Chairman of the Hong Kong Journalists Association. Thank you to Emily Lau, former Democratic Party uh, Chairman and a former journalist as well. Bernard Chan, convener of the Executive Council, uh, will we hope be joining us after the news at nine. Uh, if you want to talk to him, you want to talk to Hong Kong, call us 233-88266 or drop us a line back, chat at rthk.hk. The weather before the news now, uh, mainly fine and uh, very hot, although there's a, a thunderstorm warning in effect for the moment and a very hot weather warning. Temperatures today up to 33 degrees, 30 degrees at the moment. Humidity is at 78%. <laughs> morning with uh, Ada Wong and uh, me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about uh, the question of uh, sanctions, the sanctions on the uh, Hong Kong uh, officials, uh, which were uh, announced the other day. Um, now sanctions on uh, 11 uh, Americans, which have been announced by, uh, by Beijing in retaliation. And uh, in particular, on that uh, dramatic uh, uh, series of arrests yesterday and the raid on the Apple Daily uh, offices and uh, things related to that. If you want to comment, uh, if you want to join in the discussion, please uh, call us on 233-88266 or email backchat at rthk.hk uh, with your thoughts or comment on our Facebook page. That's Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. Uh, here we, in the first part of the programme this morning, we were talking to uh, Emily Lau and uh, Chris Young. Uh, Alonzo, in an email, says, Emily Lau blames Carrie Lam for Hong Kong's current situation. While Lam's initial decision to introduce 
the uh, uh, EB may have triggered last year's protests. Let's not forget that, that she did eventually withdraw the bill. Uh, yet the pandemic's head in the sand insistence on pushing on with their five demand slogan and the consequent months of street violence was, with the benefit of hindsight, a misjudgment of epic proportions. Put it another way, if the pandemics had settled for their win after Lam withdrew the uh, extradition bill, the national security law would probably have never been implemented. So Emily Lau and her camp must shoulder some of the blame for our current status. That comes from uh, uh, Alonso. Alan says, so the NSL was not going to be retrospective. That was quickly proved a lie. What has Jimmy Lai done since July the 1st? You ask, is freedom of speech threatened? Yes, that is the clear intention of Xi Jinping. I work in book publishing. People writing fiction are now being asked to check everything that they might write that might provoke prosecution. Hong Kong, world city, is finished. That comes from Alan. We're joined now, as mentioned, by Bernard Chan, convener of the uh, Executive Council. Mr Chan, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, Alan says Hong Kong World City is finished. Uh, Emily Lau was saying what's happening to Hong Kong? Certainly unprecedented, dramatic scenes yesterday. Hundreds of policemen combing through uh, a newsroom, uh, the publisher in handcuffs. What is going on? You know, um, I, I've been hearing a lot about whether Hong Kong finished or not, but, you know, this is nothing new. Uh, we, we heard it in 96, 97. You know, but we didn't see scenes like that. We didn't see oh, no, scenes no, like we no, saw no. yesterday. I think, I think, you know, it wasn't a surprise to anyone that uh, the office of uh, Jimmy Lai is, uh, is to be investigated. You know, all, along, all along we know uh, Mr. Lai has been in a lot of close contact with the U.S. The question is whether he's continued to do so after July 1st. Because like you said, the law is supposedly not retroactive. So it cannot be a crime that he, he, uh, he done before uh, the enactment the of the law. So it has to be something after that. Now, of course, you and I don't know because the police needs to prove that. The DOJ needs to have a case to take it to the court in due course. But I assume that it must be something that must occur afterward, because otherwise then I don't think that, you know, it would sit in the court. It will never find enough evidence to prove him um, guilty. So we'll have to see. But I'm pretty sure that they must have enough evidence. Otherwise, why would they uh, have launched such a huge investigation on him? Well, I mean, let's put it like this. Uh, the Hong Kong Macau Affairs Office, they've said they, they welcome this arrest and they welcome the, the, the prosecution. They wrote this law. They, they run the organisation now, the body which, which uh, implements this law. They handpick the judges for this law. What are really the chances of him getting off? What are the real chances of any I'm kind sorry, of fair I trial? Think, I, I think you got it all wrong. First of all, they didn't handpick the judges. Carrie Lamb did, but there's a panel of judges. At the end, it will be the judiciary to decide which judge to preside on which case. So it's not handpicked an individual judge for an individual case. She, picked, so she, handpicked the, she handpicked the panel. A panel of judges, so then it will still be up to the judiciary themselves to decide which judge to preside on which case. So it's not her. She is, so don't get this wrong. I mean, she picked, she picked the judges who are appropriate, are equipped enough to deal with national security law. It doesn't mean that she picked a particular judge for a particular case, not over on Jimmy Lai. So it's up to her to decide. So let's get the facts right first. Mm, um, Bernard, um, yesterday's actions uh, were against uh, several individuals. 
But um, why why would the police um, have to raid the publication's office and you know over two hundred officers went into the building, and um, and apparently you know went into the newsroom and flipping through files, um, and and later on um, they said that um, you know they they were mostly interested in uh, the room of Jimmy Lai, but then the oh, newsroom so I, was uh, I, yeah. First of all, you asked a good question because I don't know myself. I only found this out from the news myself, so I would not know how, you know, in what basis the police have. But again, you know, if they do so, they must have enough evidence because without evidence, uh, they, you know, there's no case, right, for the police to, to proceed. Uh, and more importantly, there's still a due course in Hong Kong, right? If the case is a, entirely a Hong Kong jurisdiction, then the case will be we have to go through, have to run through the Hong Kong judiciary, so it has to be DOJ and then the court system, right, to decide. Now, um, uh, why they said- well, no, because it's the, this is because under the national security law, it could be held in secret. There could be, no, or it no, could no, be no. held, or it could be held in the mainland. No, of course not. You, please, please, let's don't confuse the audience. That is totally not true. The case that only can be heard in China is when it's outside Hong Kong jurisdictions. So cases that involve when it's complicated. Form. No, it can be held no, in no, China when no, it's complicated. And no, if it, if it's it can, very, yeah. no, sorry, it didn't say complicated. It said specifically that the cases where it's outside Hong Kong jurisdiction. So three three sort of situations, such as we do not have jurisdiction over a foreign affairs. It's never Hong Kong jurisdiction. So anything that has outside Hong Kong Hong Kong territorial control is outside Hong Kong jurisdiction. Then it's military related because it's never also part of, never part of Hong Kong jurisdiction. Or cases that are not involving in Hong Kong where we don't, our court system will have no experience in dealing with. Only on those sort of circumstances, the case will then be transferred to well, the... Well, I'm looking uh, at Article 55. I can't see anything, any reference to the military. I can't see any, ex, any, any reference to experience. What I can see is that the case can be removed if the case is complex due to the involvement of a foreign country or external elements. Now, it well be that well, may that, well be, exactly, it may well be. You could argue, I don't know, but, you know, it, you know, this is a case involving collusion with foreign forces. Now, you look at our basic law. Our basic law clearly stated those two situations, military and foreign affairs, are not Hong Kong jurisdictions. It's stated in basic law, very you know, black and white. So these are the cases where Hong Kong have no jurisdiction okay. on, ever, okay. for 23 the, years anyway. The, the point is, I think, Mr. Chan, you know, this is, this is quite unprecedented. We haven't seen anything like this in, in, in Hong Kong before. You can say you're not surprised, but, you know, a lot of people are very surprised. A lot of people are shocked. A lot of people around the world are, are, are surprised and shocked as well to see hundreds of policemen leafing through a, leafing through a newsroom and, and uh, you know, the owner in, in, in handcuffs for some, for some reason. That's... That's not a good image for Hong Kong. Let me put it at its very mildest. What are we going to do about that? How are we going to come back from that? I think the more important question you ask is how do we restore law and order, national security in Hong Kong? Well, that's okay, now, I'm I'm not, but I'm not asking that. Well, listen, I'm not going to comment on one individual case because, I mean, I... You, you and I I'm not asking you to comment case. on one individual case. I'm you asking you to comment on how, we, on how we restore confidence in Hong Kong, international confidence exactly. in Hong Kong. You know, if we cannot restore law and order in Hong Kong, there's nothing for So us you think that this contributes to restoring confidence in Hong Kong, these kinds of scenes? Oh, I absolutely agree. I agree that, you know, lots of people... Now, you're obviously uh, uh, concerned because I can totally understand from the 
from the media and from the journalist point of view, because you know many many journalist uh, organizations express their concern to me as well. But if you ask the business sector in Hong Kong, they want law and order to return to Hong Kong so that we can repack, we return back to normality. But I understand that we do have a PR problem overseas because all they're seeing is one side of the story overseas so far. They're only seeing that you know the law being imposed on Hong Kong. And then the freedom of expression in Hong Kong is being eroded, but that's not the that's not the truth. You know, freedom. You know, you can continue to criticize Hong Kong and Carrie Lam as usual. The law has been passed for more than a month now, and well, I see people criticizing her every day, the chief executive. So, what is the difference? But when it comes to national security, yes, you know, the red lines have been drawn specifically on those new four sort of crimes. You cannot breach any of these four crimes in Hong Kong now. And I don't need to repeat those four crimes, right? Um, uh, going back to your point on law and order, I I believe uh, it is important to have law and order, but also there needs to be check and balance. And Hong Agreed. Kong prides itself as a fair and a level playing field. But um, nowadays we see um, police actions um, not being as fair. For example, yesterday, um, police did not allow foreign wire services um, into the briefing area and sort of, um, you know, separated uh, reporters into uh, two groups. Um, the, you know, the main media outlets that were more trusted and also those uh, uh, more independent like Stan News and other foreign services. What, what would you make of that, Bernard? Well, I would recommend you to invite the police off, the police in charge to come and explain. I don't know how they are. These are operational matters. I don't know what, you know, in what circumstances it's they decide which media to allow and not allow. I, I really have no knowledge on that. Uh, but but I think you know, there needs to be a check and balance, and at the moment, I agree. Uh, I think they need to be transparent. I need me to come forward to explain. I think they did, right? I wasn't sure exactly what he said, but I was told that they they actually came out to explain. But I think, yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, more transparency is the better, especially when there's always skeptics out there. So I think you know the gov- the police needs to um, to uh, make it very clear, you know, where the yardsticks are. Hmm. Um, going to the economic sanctions of um, Hong Kong's 11 uh, officials, do, do you think there's a lot of substance in, in these sanctions? Substance meaning is there any in, impact? Yes, uh, the impact. No, because from what I was told, none of them have any assets in the U.S., nor they have any dealing with the U.S. So uh, I don't think there's a... And I don't think the sanctions have any intention to have real impact anyway. I think it's more of a... A gesture and probably just a rhetoric from the Americans to, to prove that they, 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 they can put pressure on Hong Kong, but I don't think they're expecting any real effect. Likewise, I think you know, China also imposed sanctions on American uh, politicians. I doubt that has much impact either, but uh, it's unfortunate that we continue to see these escalations of uh, uh, tension between you know, the two countries. Um, I, I read um, uh, reports here and there that, um, you know, perhaps um, it, it also touches on the 11 officials and also their families, um, including perhaps uh, our chief executive might not be able to use Facebook. Have you heard anything like that? Uh, no. In fact, I'm trying to find out myself, too, whether sanctions extend to family members. But as far as I know, no. The answer is I got is uh, not beyond just the individual themselves. Um, but in terms of faithful, yeah, I have, I have no knowledge of that.
Uh, if you did want to improve the international image of, uh, of Hong Kong, and that's obviously you know, important in many aspects of our life, many ways, how, how would you do it? How do you do that? Unfortunately, it can only take time. You know, I think you know, we're going through a period of time, probably months you know, to a year, for people to try to understand this, this piece of new legislation. I mean, you, can, you and I can sit here for another hour, and you're not going to convince me, I'm not going to convince you. So it's pointless, right? But I think it's only going to take time for 10 people to come back and say, what is the real impact of this law? Is, it, is this going to be the end of Hong Kong with this legislation? The, important, the problem now is most of the interviews that I, I, I did for the international media, they tend to con, uh, confuse. Because many, I mean, come on, you think about it. Most people actually in the world don't actually even understand there's a one country, two systems. They were actually surprised to, to hear that you mean you're not part of China, you're actually separate from China. And they think that we are an autonomous region now and that China is taking over uh, that, that whole uh, um, promise to Hong Kong. So it's difficult for us to explain that, no, we still have the two systems, that we still have the independent judiciary. So it would take time for them to see the real effect. Is, is, is Hong Kong, uh, it, it, those, those rights that we have are no longer there. It's going to take some time. But so far, the good news is the international business community don't think so. Now, they, they, their headquarters might think otherwise because their headquarters only read about the news from, the, from their own um, sources. So it, it's got real scary. But when they check with their local offices, actually, it's completely the other case. You know, I, I spoke to a lot of multinational companies based here. They are all very positive towards the, the outlook of Hong Kong. But, of course, they all have a hard time trying to explain to their headquarters what exactly is happening because they, own, they don't get the same sort of uh, messages back at home. Okay, our number is 233 We've got a call on the line now. Andy. Andy, good morning. Yeah, hi, good morning. Um, right, I'd like to ask Mr Bernard Chan, why don't you resign from the Executive Council? You've been a member of Exco for 13 out of the last 16 years, so you've been more responsible than most for the disasters made by the Hong Kong government over the last 15 months. Right, you supported Lam for CE and served in her Exco in 2017, she promised to resign if she lost the support of the Hong Kong people. And clearly, she has. Uh, you know, why didn't you ask her to resign in the light of her reporting leadership skills and complete lack of judgment? Right, I mean, you personally supported the extradition law amendment bill, which was roundly rejected by the majority of Hong Kong people. Right, um... In 2019, June, Lam apologised after the mass demonstrations and withdrew the bill. But we now have the national security law, which is even worse, and itself allows extradition to the mainland. If Lam made a solemn and sincere apology in June last year to the extradition bill, then how, 12 months later, can she logically support the national security law, which is even worse? So, I mean, in Hong Kong today, we have this situation where Democracy candidates are disqualified from standing for LegCo by civil servants who are acting as like they're witch finders. Young people are arrested for writing about independence on Facebook. The police raid Apple daily. Um, under the basic law, Hong Kong is meant to have a higher degree, high degree of autonomy, except, as you mentioned, foreign affairs and defense. Um, but the liaison office shouldn't even exist, but it does and interferes in all sorts of matters even minor ones. Yesterday, the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office issued a statement welcoming the arrest of Jimmy Lai. I think that's contempt of court. 
right, know, right, if uh, you're uh, a senior member of the Exco, how can you possibly be proud of this state of affairs? Okay, Sorry, Mr. Chan, one let's, one go, let's go to a reaction, then we can have a discussion. Yeah, Mr. Chan? Well, thank you for the comments, Meg. I am totally agree that uh, there are mistakes being made along um, the government over the last... Well, I've only been involved not the entire time with Exco, but by the great majority. So I have to be uh, held accountable as well to some of the, the bad calls that we make. You know, I, I totally agree that uh, there are responsibilities that officials need to be accountable for. And, uh, and, and I think I agree. And in fact, I openly already admitted that uh, the extradition bill last year was a, a bad call. It was complete. We, we have mis miscalculated the entire responses and the reaction from the community, uh, and then I bear every bit of that responsibility as well, together with the administration. And don't worry, um, I think you know we only have my, my well, my appointment is from the chief executive. She can remove me anytime she wants, uh, as she wish. And by the way, I think it's, all, it's not entirely true that uh, she um, it's up to her to decide about the national security law. The national security law was decided by, by the MPC. Uh, so it wasn't exactly her call anymore, anymore. I think that decision was entirely based on uh, the reactions from the, um, the, the uh, violence that took place in Hong Kong last year. So yes, I think the remaining two years of her office, um, there's much work to be done, especially we are now in the midst of this pandemic. And I think her top priority right now is to to try to you know, deal with the pandemic and try to ex at least. Okay, Mr. Chan, Mr. Chan. I mean, let me let me just to, to to summarize. I mean, economically, politically, socially, Hong Kong is really on the rocks uh, in a way that it hasn't been for for many many years. And you're you're a key part of that administration. You've got a you've got a, a chief executive and an administration that has a record. There's never been such an unpopular administration in in Hong Kong history. And and you say everything's fine. Everything the business community are happy. I think, sorry, I think you put words in my mouth. I never said it's fine. In fact, we have a huge issue to deal with, right? So so while the national the national security law we're only going to basically like tell you what the limits are. You know, they hopefully try to deter you from breaking the law, breaking those uh, the, the red lines. But that is only just going to stop people from, from breaking the law. It doesn't actually help heal the underlying problem. We have a huge social injustice in Hong Kong, right? And, and an extremely there. unpopular, uh, a massively unpopular administration that's completely well, lost the trust of many, many Hong Kong people. That's the reality, isn't it? Well, indeed it is. And I don't know it's, that arresting not, teenagers not, for what they put on Facebook is going to change that or is a, is a strange the, priority. Society is entirely divided. I mean, every issue has been divided. You know, what, even the way how we deal with COVID is divided in the community. So it is true. I mean, that's why I said that until we we, just, we we make effort to at least address some of these social injustice, whether it's Carrie Lam or even the next chief executive, we still need to face the same old problem. By the way, the problem has been there for not just this administration. It's like the... the there has never been an administration that, that is so unpopular. Unfortunately, I think the event from the, um, the extradition bill leads into the social unrest and create that division even further. Mm.
But Bernard, that, 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 was a, that was a short period last year in late August and September that the chief executive uh, wanted to um, engage the public and uh, have dialogue sessions. And she did uh, do one public uh, dialogue session. I thought it went quite well, but then everything stopped and um, the government's response became very hawkish again. Um, do, do you think we, we can still rebuild the trust and engage the public? Trust will take time. It's not just about me. Just, it's not just going to be me telling you that we should have trust. Trust needs to be earned. Trust takes time, As, and only effort can 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 prove to the community that you know there is a genuine desire for every party to try to work out these problems, these underlying problems that we've been facing in Hong Kong, from you know in inadequate um, uh, housing to uh, the rich and poor gap, all, and even political reform. All these issues. It's been accumulated over the last 20-some years. You know, we have yet able to resolve these, these problems, uh, and many of them because we have all these vested interests in, diff in different pockets of community that you know, we're not able to deal with in the past. Now, perhaps the only silver lining of this crisis, whether it's pandemic crisis or this political crisis, is to really ask Hong Kong people, you know, if, you know can, can we for once try to at least address some of these underlying issues and not let it let it continue to uh, you know pass on to the next chief executive you know whoever that is because it's not going to these problems are not going to go away you know it, 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 and it's uh, and I think I'm pretty sure the central government is now as eager as to try to figure out way how to deal with the problems in Hong Kong I think you know Hong Kong has never been on their agenda until now until the event last year. And they realize that this, you know, Hong Kong is now so exposed. But we, we don't. And, really sorry, sorry. Is it yeah. Andy? Is I think. Is it Andy, do you want to come back? Right, Mr. Chan said um, Lamb is not responsible for the national security law. Well, that's obvious. But she supported it in advance when she didn't even know what was going to be in it. So that's what I'm saying. That stance is completely illogical with having apologized for the extradition bill a year earlier. And one other point, at the beginning of the program, you said you, you weren't surprised about Jimmy Lai because all along he's maintained close contacts with the U.S. Well, you yourself maintained close contacts with the U.S., given that you were a U.S. citizen until 2004. Uh, you speak with a U.S. accent, and I think your children have U.S. nationality. So, you know, are you worried about being cracked down on? I, I, I have very close contact with U.S. officials all the time. I just have the... You know, meetings with the U.S. officials just recently. I do that all the time. I, a lot of my friends are U.S. and I, I went to school there. I went to high school and college there. So that's how I obtained my U.S. Uh, nationality back then when I was a student. So I have very good contact with them. But of course, I have no intention to, you know, collude the U.S. government to uh, endanger national security. Why would I be worried? I'm not worried. I'm, I'm happy to go and see even President Trump to argue Hong Kong's uh, side of the story if, if needed. So I'm not worried. Uh, those people worry is have intention to collude with U.S. or any countries to endanger, endanger national security. Those people should be worried. I mean, the law clearly tells you that these are no longer allowed in Hong Kong after, after the law being passed. So, so I, I'm sorry to say that if people to continue to think that they can, um, they can uh, you know, collude with foreign forces, then, you know, then they are... Uh, perhaps asking for trouble. But it doesn't mean that we don't talk to Americans, you know, talk to any countries. Of, I talk to consul generals of all countries all the time. That's part of my job. My job is to explain to 
to the foreign, even the, me- the media too. I talk to all the media, and and so, but I have no intention to collude with them to uh, try to subvert state power. So why would I worry? Okay. okay well, thank thank you very much. Okay. Okay. Uh, thanks very much indeed for for your call two three three eight eight two six six. Uh, if you want to join in. Uh, Andrew F. says, Watching these events unfold since the national security legislation was passed has been utterly depressing, but thoroughly predictable. The day the law was announced, watching Tanya Chan, Claudia Mo et al. Uh, on international media proclaiming the death of Hong Kong and acting shocked and stunned was utterly maddening. Talk about crocodile tears. There's plenty to go, blame to go around here, and yes, Carrie Lam absolutely shoulders a great deal of it, but the pan-democrats are every bit as culpable for the situation we now find ourselves in. I found it shocking, yes, to see the likes of Agnes Chan arrested and raids on media offices but I found it shocking last year to see attempted train derailments, IEDs and a man torched in the middle of the day something I remind you Avery Ng specifically refused to condemn. For me the death of Hong Kong had already happened when we started burning people alive and no one from the pandemic camp seemed capable of even unequivocally condemning it. Did any of them visit that man in hospital? The pandemics put their own political aspirations ahead of Hong Kong people they are no better than Lam and her cronies. That comes from uh, Andrew F. Bernard Chan, I mean, you, you said there might be a silver lining. We're looking desperately for one uh, at the moment. And the, and the silver lining would be that we, what, that these things are tackled? That, that uh, and would you get an opposition voice? Because it, the, I mean, to be honest, the pattern here is that all the opposition voices are being silenced, as they are silenced in, in our sovereign country. That's the real fear, isn't it? And can you offer well, any can, you know, I, condolences I mean, or explanation I, I, on that? I, uh, many of these um, pandemics were my colleagues before. You know, I served in Legco before, so many of them are my friends too. I mean, and honestly, I think you know, it's good to have uh, people there to criticize, to, to keep government uh, on the check. So I, I, I think the, you know, we do need to have difference uh, of voices in the Legco. I agree with that. So I do not want them to go. I want them to come, you know, remain, to stay, and but but they need to know also that they don't cross that line to have any intention try to like collude with the foreign forces to try to endanger national security. That's but that's the totally different level. The electrical colleagues that I used to know, I just, when I served with them, none of them have so intention. But unfortunately, in the last couple of years, things have really gone out of the the whole. <laughs> you know, it just get out of hand. Right, and unfortunately, I think they probably many of the more traditional pandemic has been hijacked. They're, they're being hijacked away by more of the extremists. Well, I, I, them, I know yeah. they they, don't, they have no intention to overthrow, you know, the the central government. I, you know, the people that I know, they don't do that. But I don't know what's happening now. Well, you know, the, the people I, I know don't do that, Bernard, but they are actually yeah, very worried exactly. and, and they don't have confidence in Hong Kong's future anymore. And uh, those with young kids are thinking of immigrating elsewhere. I'm sure you have friends who are doing that. What, what can you tell these people? Well, unfortunately, you know, I, I will be sad to see them leave because, um, you know, I think I still believe in Hong Kong. But the truth is, um, yeah, exactly as I said, we've gone through 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. We've gone through brain drain in almost every you know, generation. But each time, Hong Kong bounce back and people leave and people come back. That's the key. The question is whether people still have faith in Hong Kong still coming back. And lately, when I talk to lots of uh, uh, people, both you know, overseas and elsewhere, some are coming here in Hong Kong because things are looking much worse elsewhere. 
U.S. is now, in many of the Chinese people, the Chinese researchers and scientists are telling me that they prefer to come back to this side of the world because the U.S. no longer welcomed them. So, yes, I mean, we have people leaving. I have to admit that. People, some have lost confidence in Hong Kong, but there's some have confidence and want to come back. So, so it will take time to Hong Kong to prove to them that we are still remain as who we are before. Okay, well, Bernard Chan, many thanks for joining us today, convener of the uh, Executive Council. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Ada, many thanks to you. Thank you to uh, all the emails. Weren't able to get to uh, all of them. Uh, apologies for that. Uh, the weather forecast mainly fine and very hot, apart from some isolated showers and a couple of thunderstorms around. At first, though, the thunderstorm warning has now gone down. Temperatures today up to 33 degrees, occasional showers and thunderstorms tomorrow and on Thursday. There's a very hot weather warning, 30 Celsius, relative humidity is at 78%. There is a price to pay for taking drugs. No matter what amount of drugs you take, you will surely lose much more. Taking cocaine and ice may make you feel high at the time. You may think they can relieve stress, but you could soon lose everything. Is it worth losing your life to drugs? Call 186-186 or send a message via WhatsApp or WeChat on 9816-186. 9.33, the news now with Ben Chow. A veteran Democrat says Hong Kong people are likely to find innovative ways to express their support for freedom of speech and for people detained under the national security law, including Jimmy Lai, publisher of Apple Daily. Former Labour Party lawmaker Lee Chuk Yan says social distancing rules mean that public rallies aren't permitted, but expects people to go out of their way to buy Apple Daily today. The number of people around the world who have been infected with the coronavirus has now passed 20 million. Johns Hopkins University in the U.S. says more than a quarter of all cases have been recorded in the United States, the country worst affected by the pandemic. And President Trump has praised the actions of the security service after an armed suspect was shot near the White House, prompting officers to abruptly remove him from a news conference. Mr. Trump was in mid-sentence when he was escorted from the podium. Minutes later, he returned and told reporters that the suspect had been shot and taken to hospital. I'll have more news at 10. Well, he talks to journals ha. as the stories unfold. Sugar-dooby. Musos and actors. Good morning. No matter young or that old. There's tons of stuff going on. Moves them through the studio. Oh, yes, yes. Before the coffee gets cold. Don't be stupid. Drink it. Because Phil Whelan likes to chat. Imagine helping people with just downloading an app and clicking something. I don't think the Communist Party wanted to do this. We have a nightclub on the roof. What if our country is run a different way? We welcome you to the morning brew. With a chef, he might be just kind of chewing the fat. He's really good at that. Because Phil Wheeler likes to chat.